Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Star Trek Aegir, a Star Trek Adventures actual play using the rules by Modafis Entertainment. My name is ELH the Game Master, and joining me are the lovely crew of the Aegir. I don't have any announcements this week, I'm just excited to get back in playing, so let's do introductions and get started. So, we'll start with Randy. Good evening, everybody. I'm Randy, also known online as Dr. Nemesis. I'm a uh, staff member of a Changeling the Dreaming live-action roleplay experience you can find out more about at BackBeatBallad.com. But tonight, I will be playing the Talaxian captain of the USS Ager, Axelin. Very nice. Jeremy? I'm Jeremy, or you're a spy, and I play our ship's first officer, Commander Dugin Roos. And I have no plugs for tonight. <laughs> Peter, what do you got going on? Hey everybody, I'm Peter, or Petrus Aquinas on the interwebs. Um, and tonight I am playing the pragmatic Vulcan chief engineer, Vectan. And last but not least, Jeff. I'm Jeff, also known as Sunbank. I am your lovable bullion helmsman with NJG, Esrol Reagan. Reagan Esrol. Been a while. Yeah, you know. All right, and with that, let's uh, let's get the intro video going. Welcome back. So as is tradition, we're going to have an opening log as read by the players, and tonight that falls to Vectan. So Peter, take it away. Chief Engineer's Log, Stardate 90139.2. After successfully defeating the Borg's fear that had been following us, the Aegir has been docked at the newly christened Quasi-Station. So named, I have been informed by the doppelganger Esrol as the station maintains the subspace pockets surrounding a black hole star, which is in a state of being half black hole, half star. The Silverbloods themselves have taken to their new roles as caretakers for the station in an exceptionally commendable manner. They've begun to settle and rebuild their societal structure swiftly, even assimilating our damaged Astra instance into their number. I believe she will be an excellent liaison between the Federation and this new civilization. Not only were the Silverbloods able to repair the station with alacrity, but by doing so, we're able to begin repairs and even improvements on our vessel. The upgrades were supervised by myself and Commander Roos, and I believe that they will prove to be exceptionally useful in the future. Expanded munitions were a request from the tactical, tactical department, and in light of not only the Borg we are likely to encounter, but with the Voth and other unknown species, the Commander and I opted, with the aid of the Silverbloods, to construct anti-proton cannons for the Aegir. 
Another improvement that we gleaned from the Borg, which required the advanced systems on the station to implement, was the nanite technology now present in the hull. This should allow the ship's hull to effectively repair itself. Commander Roos was invaluable in the integration of this system. On a perhaps less exciting note than the others, I also insisted that we construct secondary reactors to prevent losing power in taxing situations. We have, as of yet, been unable to successfully transmit a message to Starfleet informing them of our status and the suboptimal condition of the spore drive. In the meantime, the captain has opined that it is our duty as Starfleet to begin exploring this region of space. With Astra's aid and utilizing some of the station's advanced sensors, we have located and superficially examined four distinct civilizations. The first is a species called the Gyu. They are recently warp capable, and they resemble something akin to the Terran rat. The second species called themselves the Kinkwe. The imaging sensors were not able to get a clear image of them, so all we know is that they live on a small ring world in orbit of a brown dwarf star. Of note, is through our gleaning of their transmissions, it appears that they constructed this ring world by tearing apart their original planet. The third species is an apparently aggressive sort, called the Zava. Descriptions of this species by other members of the crew seem to collate into a horror genre, as they have an amalgamation of features similar to humanoids, cephalopods, and crustaceans, combined in a sort of equine state of the ancient Earth mythological variety. While some of the crew appear worried, their technology appears to be in line with Starfleet's in approximately the late 2260s. The last species, the Zai, appear to be a botanical-based life form. They're vaguely humanoid in appearance, but also seem to have extra appendages with leaves, fruit, and other such things found on plants. The Zai appear to have achieved at least Warp 5, but also seem to possess some advanced terraforming techniques that I'm sure would greatly excite the terraforming commission back at the Starfleet Corps of Engineers. Now I must report to the briefing room on Quasi Station, where decision will be reached as to which of these civilizations we shall visit first. End log. Very nice. You may have one momentum for that. And thanks to chat, we're up to two momentum. And oh, look at that. We already have a complication, which I will throw at a dramatically <laughs> appropriate time. All right. So where we resume is within Quasi Station, which, again, is that sort of very advanced, you know, tier five civilization station outside of the black hole star. And the briefing room is resplendent where it has been modeled after the classic Federation style where you've kind of got that big table in the middle um, and then you've got the the view out the windows. Well, the table in the middle is variable, meaning it can fit anywhere between 3 to 12 people at once depending on the configuration of the room. Uh, the windows outside provide a beautiful view of the star as well as the multitude of little worker bees and shuttles that are flying by as the silver blood continue to maintain the station itself. Um, all of you are in this briefing room. Uh, the table has been configured to seat six at the moment, which means that you four plus your chief medical officer high long means that there's one empty chair at the moment. But uh, Vectan has just given you all the high-level briefing of the four species, and I leave it to you all where you all go from here. Um, I'd like to just say right off, um, when we got to this meeting, uh, y'all would have noticed right away that uh, uh, Captain Axelon's wearing his normal uniform, uh, except he's got a, a small a top hat on, a black top hat. Not super tall like a stovepipe, but he's, he's wearing an old-style top hat. Just FYI.
So thanks for coming to the meeting, everyone. How's uh, how's Quasi Station coming along? Anything we need to know about? Or are we still looking to embark soon? I believe that the station is in, for lack of a better term, perfect repair at this point. Gotta hand and it to those Silverbloods. Pretty impressive work, huh? Silverbloods have been efficient workers. I, oh, quick, I don't think I've seen call. any crew repair the a station as quickly. This is all Ager personnel, right? No, nobody here is a Silverblood, like, copy of one of the Ager personnel? Just want to make sure. As far as I know, Captain. Splendid. Okay. Well, yeah, hats off to them. They did a really great job. Indeed. So, it seems like our next order of business is to review these long-distance scans of nearby civilizations. I have always wanted to do a first contact, so I'm uh, super excited. Y'all excited? Everybody excited? Excitement would require an emotion, Captain. Would you say that you are not unexcited, though? I am intrigued. That's close enough. How about you, Shrooms? Ah, ah. Muted as is tradition. And that had to happen. And the noise in the background, okay. Um, and this whole time, Estral's just been staring at the captain. And he would pause in real life that they're trying to find his own personal mute button. <laughs> um, uh, 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 y- yes, sir. Um, it's probably a great way to get some of the supplies we need, like more spores. Yeah, and seek out new life and civilizations. Strange new worlds. That too. But how about you, Ruth? Been a minute since you did a first contact, huh? You've probably done like more than anybody else. It's been a moment since I've done one that was peaceful. That would be refreshing. And also we're in, you know, sort of a separate universe, sort of. So, you know, that very, very first or I guess second uh, second contact uh, after we count the station. All right, so let's review. Uh, who's first alphabetically? I think it's this uh, Giyu or Giyu. How do we say that? The Giyu, Captain. Giyu, correct? Last yes. thing I want to do is show up and start calling them the wrong name. That's going to look bad. Okay, these are the ones that look like uh, rodents, right? Correct. None of these civilizations that we can tell are pre-warp, right? So they're all candidates for first contact. Yes, yes. Correct. The Gyu are the their... most recent to have broken the warp barrier. Excellent. Okay. So, you know, they probably haven't met a lot of other spacefaring civilizations. Cool. Do... Is there any indication that they have a lot of supplies that the Ager needs? We were not able to tell determine that from this distance, Captain. I see. And then... Can... Uh, the next one were the uh, Ringworld people, the King K? King Kwe, yes. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Not a lot of Ringworlds in the Federation that I'm aware of. Uh, no, they seem to possess advanced technology if they are able to reform their planet. I know, you'd imagine you'd need to move out of the planet, then turn it into a ring, and then move back into it. So it's kind of tricky to live on something while you're demolishing it. I would be concerned that a species that destroyed their own planet might be destructive in general. Well, they're definitely not environmentalists. Or maybe they have a really radically different interpretation of environmentalism from what I'm used to. So, the next one are the Zava, correct? Correct? 
Yes, Captain. Okay, and th that's the one that we have an indication that they not only look like uh, uh, octopus monsters, but also uh, they're they're aggressive, correct? As best we can tell. Let's try to avoid them. Uh, do they patrol any one particular area other than their homeworld? Their home system primarily. There are a few excursions outside. Yeah, well, let's keep as far away from that as possible, because uh, I think we've had enough Starship fights. I know that we're itching to try out that new nanite repair system on the hull that the Borg were so gracious to donate, but uh, I'd rather save that for, you know, sometime in the far future. Or maybe even never. As much as I would, would like to test it, Captain, I would prefer it under experimental conditions rather than combat. Exactly. Okay, so let's. Uh, that's a no on the Zaba. And then there's finally the Z, which are sort of like plant people, right? Yes. Now, we didn't have a lot of plants where I grew up because it was on spaceships, but uh, I'm under the impression there's very, very, very few plant-based intelligent organisms in the Federation, right? There are Way more common feet. to be like animals, right? right? Correct. So lots of unique opportunities. Does anybody have any opinions as to which of these civilizations we should uh, seek out? It appears that the Z are particularly peaceful. That might be a refreshing change of pace. It would be nice to meet someone who like wanted to get along with us. I mean, even the Silverbloods, it was a fight at first. Shrooms, any, uh, any insight? Well, you know more than anybody else about what we're going to have to do to repopulate our spore supply. The, the GUI, and I'm being very stereotypical here, if they're similar to Terran rats, rats can be, um, if not aggressive, but expansionist. So we might run into trouble there, but they do tend to live in areas that are not that clean and spores and fungi can grow. Fair enough, but I mean, we might be painting with a little too broad of a brush uh, there. I know. It's... I have noticed that most humans that I've met really don't like having the, being compared to other primates from their home world. But if you have little information. No, no, you're right. We don't have a lot to work with. If nothing else, that just gives us an indication of what we have to gain from le uh, learning these people, yep. uh, culture and identity. All right, so no no one obviously stands out as someone we definitely should go to first, but there is someone that obviously stands out as who we shouldn't go to first, being the, the Zaba. Okay. Any disagreement on that? Or am I reading the room right? Okay, well, I thought we might have this problem. So he takes off his top hat and sets it on the table. I've taken the liberty of writing the names of all four species in this hat. High Long stops you right there and goes, okay, oh, sorry, Captain, I just want to be very clear on this. You wore mm -hmm. the top hat so we could pick a name out of the hat. There's no other reason for the top hat. You just wanted to use it as a prop. Well, I always thought that pictures from Earth of people wearing these cylinder hats with, with rings around them looked really silly. So I thought perhaps they're very, very comfortable. So I did actually scratch two itches there. I wanted to see if they felt really good on your head. But they, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I like it. Obviously, oh. there's a reason they went out of fashion. Well, I'm, I'm glad that's what it is. I thought you might be hitting, have been hitting a little bit extra time in the, uh, in the spore room and have to do another spore count, see if we lost any. Oh, no, 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 no. Most, uh, Talaxians I know are very, very vain about their, uh, 
their top plumage, you know. Um, but I, I haven't been losing mine yet. Crossing my fingers there. Uh, so no, that's not the. I'm not compensating for anything. Also, these these hats are a lot warmer than you'd think. It's not like it's a fur hat, but very warm. Anyhow, so I'm just digging out the little uh, pieces of paper on which I have written the Zava. And that should leave four or five of each name in there. So we can all just draw names out of a hat. Unless anyone has a better idea for how we're going to choose. I wanted to be very fair, you know. Not simply use a random number generator on a pad, Captain. Is that actual, right. truly a random number generator? I mean, it's probably random enough for our purposes. It's probably at least as random as the hat trick. I trust Vactan's engineering ingenuity. Good writer program quickly here, Captain. But if you wish to stick with the paper, it is your prerogative. I, I like that. I like the hat thing. Uh, it's a, a, allegedly an ancient tradition, and I think it sounds a lot of fun. By all means, you may have fun. My head's very clean. Uh, all right, Axelon draws a random name out of the hat and passes the hat to the next person. Let's say it's Vectan. We all take paper out of the hat. I mean, do we each want to roll like a combat die or something? To it appears that, it appears that we're voting randomly. I mean. I'm not going to uh, examine your piece of paper, so if you want to claim it says something other than what it says, that's also fine. If you have some strong opinion of what you think we should go do first. I must so, be confused as the purpose of the hat. I thought that we mix it and then one is chosen. No, well, I thought everybody would choose one and then whichever one got the most uh, uh, picks. Is I that won. functionally different? We'll I get real quick and uh, just kind of rubs her temples and goes, okay, all right, I, I g- give me the hat. G- give me the hat. Uh, Dan hands the hat over. She looks at the hat. She dumps out every single bit of paper except one and says, there we go. We've picked one. Who wants to do the honors? You're no fun. I will reach in and take the paper. Captain, if I'm I was fun, fun, you know, I wouldn't be chopping off limbs with swords, and we can't have that. Ectan raises an eyebrow. No comment. Anyway, Roos, technically, I think we discussed this before game. If you want to change your mind, feel free, but you get to reveal the name. Oh, good. It looks like we're going to see the. It looks like we're going to go see the Z. Oh, the plant people. That's who I was hoping it would be. Plants are almost like fungus. We might have some luck. Okay. Um, he picks up his hat and says, let's prepare the ship for embarking to the uh, system where we located the Z and make sure that we uh, we plot a route that keeps us good and far away from any of the systems that are known to have Zaba activity. Yes, sir. And every, everyone's dismissed. I go to my quarters and try to find a nice place to hang up the top hat. Good thing too, because you didn't do anything with the hat. Highline was going to confiscate it and chop it up. So good I'm going to put it on my bust of Neelix, the most famous Talaxian. <laughs> Tuvix. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what happened to Tuvix? You know. Oh lord. All right. Well, before we embark, does anybody want to accomplish anything either on the Aegir or on Quasi Station? No, no. Pretty good. Now that I've got a place to put my hat. 
All right then. So we sort of see an exterior shot of the Aegir uh, umbilical cords and everything popping off and the Aegir slowly moving out of the um, starfish-like berth that it was in where it was receiving the upgrades. And as the Aegir leaves the berth, it angles towards where the aperture that leads to normal space is. And there's that quick transition and then you're back in normal space. Now, as far as the Z are concerned, um, if you are going to be avoiding the uh, Zava, uh, I, Esral, I will need you to make me a Reason and a Con, and someone with the ship, I'm going to need a Sensors Con. I now, uh, based Oof. on everything that was added to the ship, I just want to double check something here. Um, you still don't have advanced sensors, so no change in difficulty. So I'm going to set the difficulty here at a 2 overall. And that was Reason Con. That is correct. And while they're rolling, uh, I'll just send a quick goodbye message to Quasi Station. Uh, Adrian to Quasi Station, we appreciate uh, your time, and we are embarking out of your uh, territory. As you say, good luck, Captain. And to you as well. Thank you. We shall see you when you return. That looks like uh, no help from the ship, unfortunately. Right. And I'll use one of those momentum. Okay. For a third die. Oh, oh four you. successes, meaning you get two momentum right back. Well done. So yeah, uh, you've been able to plot out a general region, and if I had to give you a kind of a mental image of things, um, think of the cardinal directions if you were looking top down about where you are right now. Like if you were looking top down, the uh, Z are to your southwest, the Zava are to the southeast. The Kinku are to the northwest, and the Gyu are to the northeast. And as far as the Zava are concerned, they're cosmically close to the Z, but they're not within, say, Klingon Federation border distance, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I mean, you have to consider things like navigational hazards and stuff like that, too. Like, if you have to go through a a dangerous nebula or something. I'm actually glad you reminded me because I found my notes about this. So actually, there is directly south of you, kind of between the border between the Zava and the Z, um, there is a Matura Nebula, which is kind of that red, uh, red, violent, turbulent nebula full of very uh, excited gases, I think is the way to put it, where you could go in there, and thanks to the upgrades of your hull, you could hide in there if you really wanted to, but anybody that doesn't have the advanced capabilities of the Aegir, you don't want to be in there for long. We probably don't want to be in there long. It's a it's a pretty risky maneuver even then. Who knows what's flying around in that stuff? Yep. It's actually kind of a good thing, though, that uh, there's a dangerous navigational hazard between the Zava and the Z. That way, uh, if the Zava decide to invade them, uh, it would be hard. Mm -hmm. All right, so course laid in, and then let me know when you're ready to engage. Wait, aren't you the captain? Well, I want to make sure that we've got uh, that we're all uh, ready to fly. Uh, Helm, light her up. Lighting up now, sir. So you take off All at right. warp, and real quick, does anybody want to accomplish anything before you arrive at Z territory? What should we say when we get there? Should we offer them a gift? Nah, I think we're good. I'm going to talk to them about star charts and stuff. 
we don't have very good uh, information on this area. Okay. Sir, we may want to enter this. We may want to approach at extreme range, use our superior technology to assess more about them before we close. All right, Helm, can you put us a couple hours out when you uh, drop us out of warp and we'll uh, do some scanning and long-range communication as we approach? And do. Excellent. Don't want to alarm anybody, you're right. Nobody wants a giant spaceship just dropping up into your doorstep from a civilization you've never heard of. That would be bad, or at least unnerving. So a uh, dramatically appropriate amount of time later, maybe a day, maybe a day and a half, because again, you can go pretty fast. You arrive at Z, uh, the Z home system, and the Z home system actually is extremely similar to our own of Sol, where there are nine planets. Pluto's a planet. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Um, where actually every single planet is, again, similar to our own, but there has been vastly different terraforming uh, operations on every single one. Um, so, for example, Mercury, I mean, it's a little hot, but if you wanted to breathe and, you know, consist on a basically a blasted desert world, that's what you've got going on on uh, Z1. Uh, Z2, uh, that's sort of Venus, um, they have about halfway completed terraforming where... You could sit there for maybe an hour, two hours, you know, class L kind of environment, but long term you would need some sort of medical capability or a biodome to live in. Uh, the third planet, Z Prime, is class M, just like Earth is. Um, seems to be very, very green. Uh, even the oceans that you're seeing are more of an emerald color than anything else. Uh, as far as the Mars uh, cap uh, counterpart, uh, it is still red. But you're able to tell that that's just because, uh, very similar to Z Prime, uh, it is just red flora uh, that are sort of peripherating across the surface. Then as you go out into the outer rim where you've got the Class J gas giants, you see that a variety of the moons that are out there have been terraformed for Class M uh, environments. And then all the way out on the edge of the system, the Pluto uh, counterpart is uh, currently only having a Z station uh, in orbit of it. Now, the Z station looks kind of like a potted plant um, in that you kind of have that, uh, what is the word, that, uh, that frustrum-shaped uh, sort of pot with a sort of solar panel and uh, technological stem that sort of sprouts out of the pot, if that makes sense. I think so. All right, well, let's open hailing frequencies and see if we get any uh, bites back. Okay. So if you're just opening hailing frequencies, you're not actually sending anything, but do you want to send something? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, this is the starship Ager, a representative of the United Federation of Planets. We come in peace and would like to learn more about your culture and exchange information about our own. Our, and, I, and I'll give our present location. Our present location is, and then I'll just have Astra update that and play it on a loop. And, you know, depending on what their tracking capabilities are, they might not expect a you know, starship to be where it is or whatnot. Okay. What, what is their communications mechanism? Are they still using radio? Are they using subspace? Are they using some other technology that we can't detect? 
Would you like to uh, make a roll for it, Roos? Sure. I'll scan for it. If I would say, Vectan, if you, why don't you two assist each other? That's how we'll do it. Yeah. So, Roos, if you want to give me a reason security, Vectan, if you want to give me a reason engineering, uh, this will be at a difficulty of three overall. Vectan uh, will probably take the lead. Okay. I don't know. Chad has a good idea. Space folding carrier pigeons. You know, <laughs> IP over avian carriers. I love it. I love it. No, they just shoot spores at warp speed. Ooh. <laughs> um, would a focus in either computers or quantum mechanics help here? Quantum mechanics for sure. All right. Well, Vectan has three. It is So that's going to get you the momentum back. Because I said it was, what, a difficulty two? Did I say that right? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm still getting back into the swing of things. It's been a long week. Um, all right. So with your successes, uh, you were able to tell that they're actually using a very primitive form of spore mycelial technology to communicate. Where it's not as advanced, they haven't truly, quote-unquote, cracked mycelial connections. But they are more or less uh, skimming the surface. So, so there's bouncing signals off the mycelial network. So very limited range, but almost instant. You know, considering the part of space we're in, I wonder if this is how the Borg Sphere initially started researching spore technology. Perhaps they assimilated some members of this uh, Z culture's uh, scientist community. I definitely scan for Borg now. Now you scan for Borg? Uh, do you want to spend a momentum to ask that question? I think I probably would, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Seemed like a good use of momentum. So, yes, actually, now that you know what to look for, since you were ex-Borg, um, yeah, you see that it's very, very decayed. In fact, there hasn't been a Borg signature in years, but at some point within the last two decades, uh, there has been a Borg signature, transwarp signature in this area. Are there any active Borg, um, are there any active Borg outposts or anything that we can see? Not that you're able to detect. Sir, the uh, the Borg have been here sometime in the last two decades or so. Oh. I can't detect any sign of them now, but we could just be too far away. Somebody had better answer that phone because I totally called it. Well, that does actually put to bed something I've been concerned about for some time, which was whether or not the Borg stole that technology from a Federation research vessel. But it is a shame these people have had an encounters with such an ugly aggressive species Lieutenant seem to have left them alone after the fact however or were defeated which would be an interesting mystery in itself based on their technology In Lieutenant what? can you reach out, can you do can you create something that will, that will allow us to communicate on this communications network we back to me, me sir you are our spore expert, are you not? Oh, yeah. I, uh, yes, sir. I can. And let's establish before we uh, experiment too hard whether or not that's mm. going to expend any of our spore resources. That would be my first thing, yes, sir. Well, good news. It's not going to cost you anything to tap into their their network since you already have a spore chamber. You just kind of got to connect the red wire to the yellow socket, and you can quote unquote eavesdrop. Require my assistance, Lieutenant. Um, it would 
Be appreciated, sir. Yeah, let's make that priority one. Hopefully they're not hailing us saying, don't fly any further into our system, and we just can't hear them. In fact, for the moment being, let's uh, let's hold, hold position. They may not have even received our communication. Is there permission to go to the spore chamber? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Joel, you have the con. Well, Happy I'm to take over, control. sir. Every uh, time. Okay. Every time. All right. So, Vectan, are you also going with Esrall? Or are you yes, going to stay? Yes, I will go with Esrall. All right. So, Esrall <laughs> and Vectan, you all enter the spore chamber. And, uh, Esrall, what's playing today? Because I think it's been established you always have something playing in the spore chamber. The Rockefeller skank. <laughs> um, disturbed. Okay. Going through the greatest hits. And right now, it would be down with a sickness. Down with a sickness. Okay. All right. I'm curious, what is Vectan's opinion of the music? Vectan walks in the room, and he raises an eyebrow and looks at Esrel. This is a unique choice of music, Lieutenant. It it has its moments. Perhaps you will point out those moments to me. And right about that, sort of, he hits that, wah! Right, right there was one. I believe I shall have to observe this more. Their 57th album was really good. Just wait till I hit Ginger. Is it of particular value? Um, My worry is, sir, is I've been talking to them since I was assigned in here, and they have not said anything or done anything to make me think that they're communicative. They are spores, Lieutenant. I highly doubt they would be able to communicate with you. There's, okay, yes, sir. They're just all right. Um, I have nowhere, no idea where to start. I kind of know a little bit how the mycelial, how they work, and how it kind of ties into the overall spore drive. But well, if you understand how the tie between the spores and the mycelial network works, then perhaps we can connect it to a transceiver. And the captain did say something about a red wire into a blue wire. Um, go to the. While crude, the analogy is apt. But old school telephones, where they have just, I mean, old school Earth telephones, old school receiver with a. The transceiver and a a speaking part and a hearing part. Mm -hmm. And right now we do just the hearing part. I believe we can attempt to make that work. Because the the spores are always connected to the network. Yes, there appears to be some sort of entanglement. We will see if we can tap into that. 
This sounds like a job for the techno babble generator. It does. It does. I was doing my best without it. We haven't gotten to use that in a while. Yeah. Just a reminder, unless I forgot to put it in there, if you go to your uh, rollable tables or if you go to your macro window, there should be a Technobabble macro if you choose to use it. But uh, for the rolling purposes, uh, Asroff, you could give me a... I think we've decided it's a daring engineering or a daring con for you. I forget which we we landed on. Uh, Vectans is definitely a daring engineering on their part, though. Um, I am going to set the difficulty at a four, though. Would it still be be a con if we're not using it to to maneuver um see that's kind of the, the the interplay in my head is because i can't remember what past me said when it came to you and the spores i, I did a lot of medicine that's what I'm th- you know before. what i think that's what it is i think for you it's a medicine yeah i think i think that's right okay not that it um, matters well, you're engineering your medicine are both threes so you know yeah. um, what am i doing to assist uh, daring and engineering on your part. And again, it is a difficulty of four. Difficulty four. Oh, well. I take... Would quantum mechanics help? It would. Okay. And your spore whisper focus for Esrol would also apply. Check. And... Also, have the new ability that we picked up. That gives me, being Dr. Shroom, typically my medicine is a one, but anytime I deal with the spores, it's a medicine of three. Mm-hmm. So, how about I take three momentum for two dice? Rolling four. Click the box. All right. Well, there's the four you needed. So uh, you are able to create a quote-unquote receiver or an old-school telephone receiver. And when you do, you begin to pick up frantic communication. Um, Long story short, as you listen in, um, there is a lot of talk between Z-Prime and Z-Mars, as I'm just going to call it for the ease of my brain. Um, where they are currently trying to assemble a defensive fleet because they think the Borg have returned. Oh. Oh, boy. We better get on the transmit part. Indeed. Now, the complication I'm going to say, because I do have one of those banked, the complication is going to be that after a few moments of you listening in, um, there begins... A change in code frequency where before you could just listen in no problem but now it's like they've added a layer of encryption on top of their communications oh boy almost oh boy, like they know we're listening, listening in spores, yeah i look over at the spores don't tell them we're listening in uh work with excellent leans over to uh roos and says hey number one how many credits will you uh bet me that I won't uh, tell them that we've come to communicate with their extinct whale population. Huh? Sucker bet, sir. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Uh, bridge to Ezra. Lieutenant? Uh, Ezra's here, sir. Good news, bad news. How are we looking on getting uh, the ability to communicate with these folks? Uh, good news, bad news. We can hear oh. them. 
We can hear him. That's great. That's news. the good news. Correction. We could. We true. Is that the bad news? We were now unable to hear them. Well, I guess good news, bad news, worse news. That's the bad news. <laughs> worse news is they think we're Borg. Okay. Well, that's bad. We're trying to get to work on the transmit part of my task. Would you require additional personnel or resources? I don't think so. It looks like was our spore population the same? Yeah, no change. In there, there's a board, a little countdown clock that kind of keeps track of ups or downs. It gives me a little... Lieutenant, I do require Astra's presence. Oh, yes, well, she's always been always around, so I had to take her for granted. Well, can we have, can we have the on, raw yeah. feed? Of course, Captain, I, Commander, I can pipe the raw feed to the bridge. It will be meaningless at this point, but you will know immediately once we are able to decode uh, it. Belay that. Number one, I'd rather not have a raw feed to that particular part of the ship uh, for the whole bridge to see. Why don't you just get on down there and provide a little supervisory insight? Understood, sir. However, we do have a cryptographic expert. Who? He points a joy. Right. Oh, forgot about that. <laughs> that's right. All right, live feed it is. Uh, I'd like to just remind everybody on the bridge that uh, the facility in question is a classified one that does not exist on this ship. And uh, Astra uh, doesn't materialize on the bridge, but she simply chimes in and says, "Technically, sir, the entire ship is a skiff." Doesn't exist on the skiff. Astra on screen. So since there's no visual, but you are able to see sort of a waveform mm -hmm. pattern, uh, Joy, if you want to try to crack the code, we can certainly try that. Otherwise, we'll go back to Vectan and Esrall as they build the transceiver. Any and hope of cracking that, Ensign? I, I was actually going to uh, direct her to do that, which would allow me to use my advisor thingy. All right. And since this is an activation of Joy, you can give her an upgrade, can give her another focus, could give her a talent, could give her a value. Some discretion. <laughs> that might be I'm very discreet, sir. <laughs> uh, let's let's put a pin in that for now. I don't think I don't think unless there's something we want to give her that would help with this right now. Well, what I would tell you on her part, let me look at her sheet real quick. I think she would be rolling probably a uh, reason or no, it would definitely be an insight and a security because she's breaking in through uh, through encryption. Um, I'd actually say that depending on, yeah, since you don't have any momentum at the moment, you might want to give her something like daring security so that you can spend threat. Plus yeah, that joy and daring. She is very sense. daring. Oh God. But yeah, what I would say is that she's rolling a, uh, insight and security, uh, Astra or the ship. I'll let you make the call, which, uh, they would assist with a, uh, computers and security for the Aegir, and Astra would also be a insight uh, security if you wanted to use her. Uh, this is going to be a difficulty of four, though, so you definitely are going to have to give me some threat if you want a shot at this. Yes. Are we giving her bold security as a talent or adding to her daring score? Oh, sorry, it's bold. It's bold, not daring. So yeah, you're right. We're, we're talking about the talent, the the reroll. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure I followed along. All right, and how can I help her out by directing her to do this? 
So by directing, you are going to be doing a presence and command on your part, or presence security, whichever you prefer. All right, I'm actually going, I'm going to do... presence and security, and I'm going to coach her through this. Okay. Which I believe reduces difficulty if I remember the talent correctly. Uh, for re-roll? for advisor, she can re-roll a d20. Okay. For advisor, though, it has to be the command discipline. Yeah. Oh, does it? I thought it was yeah. first. Okay. Yeah. I'll use command. That's fine. Okay. I will coach her through it. Yeah, I was considering taking that talent myself, so. All right, so she is going to, what is the rate at which she can spend threat? Is it the same as momentum? What do you think, guys? Do we want to spend one, do we want to give one threat or three? I like one. There's an awful lot of threat on the board already. But that's just three. But I'm, I'm, you know, not above tempting fate. I think we'll Peter give her... just said for the beans is what I just heard. Uh, we're, I don't want to beans a uh... <laughs> five dice, ten success. Fun five fact, dice. In all my years of playing, I've never seen the mythical ten successes. Shizno came close with nine the other day, but I've never seen the mythical ten. Nine's mythical on its own, really. Yeah. Oof. Okay, so she is going to... I, I will give you... One threat. One threat. Okay. And that, that is an insight. Security. Actually, no. I will give you three threat because she's okay. only got a ten in this. And keep in mind, I think you get to roll as well. I'm going to roll. All right. Difficulty four. Let's see what we got. Well, Joy gets five. That's our good side. Yeah, let's let's see what I can do. Presence command, perform task, has a focus. Go. All right, we're up to six. Do you now? She has to... two re rolls. Do we want to? Do we want to? Uh, do we really want to go in on this? You can re roll the fifteen. The attempt was a success. So. At the moment, you're banking. Okay, so you can bank three momentum off that. Very well done. All right. So. Uh, Joy is able to tell that they are trying to very rapidly assemble a defensive fleet and that they have detected that the quote-unquote interlopers have broken our communication lines. So they're trying to rely on um, code words and I'm trying to remember the word for it, but kind of like how we had code talkers in World War II where I believe it was... Oh, I really don't want to get this wrong. Was it the Navajo that uh, was for co-talking? Yeah. Yeah. Not one of them. Yeah. So it's one of those where you can understand that they're saying words and the Universal Translator is working on it, but you don't get 100% translation. Um, But you are able to importantly tell that the defensive fleet will be leaving uh, Z-Prime and Z-Mars within the next hour. I think I've got it, sir. I'm just too agile for them, intellectually. All right. Well, that doesn't sound very promising. We're certainly alarming these poor folks. Uh, Astra, take us to a yellow alert. We do, technically speaking, have an incoming fleet of dangerous ships. Uh, Let's put a uh, high priority on the ability to transmit to these folks 
Nice, sir. Going to yellow alert and putting appropriate timer on screen. I wonder how they knew that we broken into their communications, though. I guess our cheeky little spores ratted us out. My I'm guess is it was either. their spores. Hmm. That means, in a way, we have already communicated with them, just we're not very good at it yet. Well, let's see if we can send a better message. In the meantime, Astra, can you broadcast that initial recording on every spectrum you can think of? Radio. Oh, you're doing it, sir. Yeah, uh, anything even non-traditional, flashing lights and Morse code, whatever you can think of, just so they might, their scientists might get an indication that we're trying to communicate with them. I could tape a tape, a uh, thumb drive to a triple and shoot it at a torpedo if you wish, sir. You did say I mean, every method, sir. I'm just being thorough. That is definitely a method, but let's uh, let's hold that as a last resort. I so we don't have any triples to begin with, right? Lieutenants, how y'all doing in the spore room? We're getting ready to shift over to testing out the transmit. Sure. Right. So I think this is the first instance where we're doing an extended task for you all. I think. Yeah. Uh, second time, I think. Uh, maybe, first maybe. time Ezra was in there. Oh wait! Oh, we're that's doing right. An extended that's right. task. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but I was doing it all with medicine. Mm -hmm. I'm a miracle worker. <laughs> Still have nightmares of that day. <laughs> that means I did something right. All right. Um, so the way this is going to work is uh, I, I think we're going to lean into Vectan here because you've got Miracle Worker. Uh, mm -hmm. It is going mm -hmm. to be a daring engineering on your part, Vectan. As for all, you would be assisting with daring medicine. Uh, let me type out the extended task. So your work track is going to be out of 16. Your magnitude for this is going to be a 4. The difficulty is also going to start at a four. There is going to be one resistance, and intervals of time is really what's going to matter here because you only have one, two, three, four. Uh, you only have four intervals of time here, uh, each interval of time representing 15 minutes. And since it has been a while, as a reminder, unless you spend momentum before the roll is made, at an attempt to do this, uh, it is two intervals of time. If you spend the momentum, it only becomes one interval of time. Well, I'm going to use a momentum right off the bat. Because, okay. Um, yeah. You know, number one, I'm still convinced that you should probably go on down to the spore chamber and just give them some uh, guidance in case they need supervision. Probably best, sir. Yeah, yeah. starts at a difficulty four. Where would you like to go from here? Um, well, something to do with isolinear chips, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that could work. <laughs> um, okay, so my quantum mechanics focus definitely applies. Um, yep. question is, do I want to use my determination here or wait? Well, you do have veteran, you do have a chance to get it back. All right, let's use my determination uh, okay, to get two the successes. two successes. Um, I'm going to use at least one more momentum to get a third die. It would be two momentum for the third die. Oh, two momentum. Do we want to do that, or do you want me to throw a threat? Well, you benefit from momentum or threat. You have like a cautious or bold feature here. Mm 
I would stick not. with the momentum, honestly. Okay. So but, uh, use the momentum. We're gonna be one momentum for three dice, and then. Well, it's because uh, plus the, the plus the one for the work track. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, what it is is the oh. termination counts yeah. as a die in your five d twenty pool. So mm. technically, you're buying a fourth die, which is why it's two. Oh, right. Okay. And I take it we can't order of operations that. Mm, no. Spend the momentum. And then yeah, spend determination the already bumps it up. But oh, hey, look. chat just gave you a momentum as well. Yeah, they gave us another one. Thanks, chat. That's nice. Well, yeah, let's burn the two momentum on that then. We, we, we stalled long enough. Um, so, yeah, so I'm using three dice, determination, focus. And what's the and what would the assistance be? For Esrol, it would be a daring medicine on his part. And I'm set. I'm daring engineering. Okay. All right. Well, there's five from Vectan. No help from Esrol, so you do get a momentum back, bringing you up to two. Now comes the most important part of the roll: is I need to give you two plus your engineering, which is seven. Seven challenge dice, please, to represent work done. All right. Okay. What I would tell you is that uh, with your five successes with two effects, uh, with the resistance coming in, you're only doing four work on the track. And as a reminder, five is the magic number. So by spending momentum, you could either add the additional uh, one work, or if you really wanted to, you could spend to reroll as many of those challenge dice as you wish. I mean, one momentum to reroll three of those dice. Okay. It would almost certainly result in getting us to the five that we want. Okay. We can try it. And I mean, we'd still be at the same number of momentum we were at before, so. Okay. Okay. There we that. go. You are up to eight uh, with three effects. Do you have anything that. I think it's. Uh, no, you don't have in the nick of time. So. I do know. That's... I just have Miracle Worker. Yeah. Okay. But hey, that's still, great. that's still Miracle kind of big. Great. Because uh, mm-hmm. don't, with don't forget to get you see if you get your determination back too. Oh yeah, yes. roll for that. Roll the uh, roll challenge. I see if you get that back. Oh, All right, no, don't get that. <laughs> Alas. But uh, you actually get two breakthroughs here, uh, which means the difficulty comes down to a two. You only need two more breakthroughs to succeed. And yeah, um, basically you take the uh, polymodic osmium array and you hook it up to the master isolinear chip coordinator and you have half of a phone that could work but you're not quite there on the transmission uh transmission layer quite yet half see that's way better than my idea of writing the wi-fi password on a stick it note and putting it on the chamber where we keep the spores and hoping they just connect to the internet on their <laughs> own i mean you could do that too i'd, I'd actually give you a, a momentum for that if, if you did do that I think we should leave the engineering to the engineers. That's definitely more of an S-roll or excellent thing. That not done. <laughs> do we really want the the spores to know the Wi-Fi password? Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to point. change it later, yeah. All right, well, the good news is since uh, you spent momentum to reduce the interval, it's only taking you 15 minutes to get this far. But, uh, yeah, you get uh, another three intervals of time to make your attempt here. All right. That'll be enough time for the... Uh... Yep. The loyalty officer to have arrived. Esrol, yeah. uh, w- uh, what are you throwing at this challenge? I meant the morale officer. I'm so sorry. There I, th- I throw a 13, 10 oh. and a 3 All with right. a focus. I am also throwing a 13 because I have an 8 and a 5. So 
can I assist with presence command by talking by by uh, reminding um, reminding uh, Vectan of a of an old academy exercise where we're dealing with dissimilar um, dissimilar communications protocols in um, in um, first small unit contact scenarios yeah. with the Gorn and with the um, Tholians. That could work too. If you want to assist that way. All right. I will. It's I a will. step above using your yes. presence command to give a rousing drill sergeant speech to yes. the scores. Yeah. Well, and it, it much it much more fits the coaching teaching bit. Mm. So I will assist. I'll yell at the scores for you, sir. <laughs> Good idea. Um, okay. So I'm still using a focus. Mm. Um, Important. Would... Are you spending momentum for the interval? Uh, yes, I would okay. very much like to do that. Um, and then um, if I could give you two threat for an extra die. Uh, it would only be the one threat because you haven't bought one any threat. dice quite yet. That's right. Well, I don't have a determination anymore, so I can't. Um, three threat? Three one threat, threat. four die. I still have three intervals left. I mean... Since you've reminded me that I have threat, I'm just gonna go ahead and spend uh, <sighs> spend four. We and need to come uh, up with a code the word spores are uh, not going to be having a fun time. In fact, something about the mycelial connection is going to resist your efforts to transmit across it, which means the difficulty is temporarily ramped to a four. Oh. <sighs> this is why you never remind ELH that he has threat. Ah, okay. It's okay. Y'all can do it. Y'all rolled against the four before. We had more dice then. <laughs> <laughs> did. And more intervals left. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm still definitely using the one threat to get three dice. Um, okay. Do we want more? Well, Roost just got you too. So. Thank you. And you get to re-roll one. And you get to re-roll one. And well, let's see what happens. Four complication. No, you actually get the two you need, but you could tempt fate and re-roll the 16 or the 15. Do we want to? I always vote for temptation. Uh, we'll need the, we, we will need the momentum to... Okay, so let's try it. Uh, so just re-roll the one. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> same same Worth a try. Same thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, well... Uh, you get your uh, four you needed, so go ahead and it's another seven challenge dice here. And what I would tell you is I need to see at least six. All right, that's five. You could give me one threat to get the six you need. Yeah. Does that just give us the, the last success, or does it re-roll the dice? Nope, it'll uh, give you the additional point you need. Sounds like a good bargain to me, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Then within 30 minutes of time after you've uh, scared the hell out of the Z, you finally have a working telephone. And because I like the mental image, it is quite literally one of those like curly cord things that hooks into the spore, spore chamber. And you get a dial tone on the other end. A little crank, a little sound-powered phone crank. There you go. Hand it to the commander. <laughs> a candlestick. Excellent work, commander. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, Unknown chamber to bridge. Uh, this is the bridge. 
You should have communication shortly, sir. Right now, I've got a right now I've got a handset. Can you hold it up to the speaker? He holds it to his combat. (laughs) (laughs) Citizens of the Z system, this is the starship USS Ager. We are uh, representatives of the United Federation of Planets and come in peace. Repeat, we come in peace and mean you no harm. We have come to learn about your culture and uh, offer information about our culture. Please advise. He moves it down to where the 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 speaker is now on his bench. I love this method. This Please advise if you are receiving our communications. Um, what the fuck world do I want? Look, to I, like, this? I have this picture in my head of them holding a handset and like taping a com badge to it. <laughs> okay, I and think I know what I want you to roll. Roll me a presence command. I yeah, I think that's okay. for you, Axel. I think that's pretty solid presence command. Um, I guess the ship is going to assist you with a communications and command. I've got it. Would negotiation be an applicable focus? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm just trying to debate the difficulty in my head. Why don't we say the difficulty on this is going to be... You did spook them, and I do have threat. I'm going to make it a difficulty five. Let's make this interesting. Because they're so they're they're already committed to defending themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Heck, maybe the Borg even sent them like a, a message that they interpreted as a peaceful message, because they hadn't translated it properly. So they're like, "Oh, it's this, it's the same." Well, Borg you know, tactic. that's a wonderful idea. I'm going to spend more threat to say that the complication range is now seventeen to twenty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love to ice skate uphill. Okay, so negotiation, I assume, would be an applicable focus. Oh yeah, would esprit de corps or street smarts also apply? It would. Because as a Talaxian, I do get a bonus to when I have more than one focus that applies. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to, uh, I wish to offer a threat for an additional die, please. Okay. And who's going to assist me? Is it going to be Astra or Ruse? Ruse is, I suppose, my conduit to the comm system. The ship has assisted you. Yeah, the ship's already <laughs> rolled and you didn't get any help there. The, uni- the universal translator's messed up and it says, uh, uh, we are from the United Federation of Planets. We are going to learn about your culture. Resistance is futile. <laughs> Well, that's what the complication is going to be now if you roll one. Okay, so okay, I'm using a focus, and my complication Stop range is giving him ideas. Is my comp range three or four? Uh, I think you put in four. Four, okay. Remember, it's difficulty of five here, so you may wish to. Oh my! Oh. Lord. Okay. All right. Well, um, resistance is futile. <laughs> You're... So there's there's no way to recover that. I can re-roll you have one. Determination. You could re-roll. But what the I would tell you is you would have to double one of them crit all of in them. order to succeed here. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so a determination lets me re-roll all those dice? As many as you want, yes. Okay. It's just not the ship's uh, die. I can't re-roll the ship die. And, but, uh, and theoretically, I'd still be able to re-roll another one later on, right? Because of my bold... Or because of my uh, many talents? So the way it works, and this is something that I've been corrected on uh, a few times, and one of these days it'll actually stick. When you re-roll a die, you can only re-roll it once. So if you re-roll to re-roll a die, you can't re-roll it again. Well, I mean, it's got to get better because it can't get worse, right? Yeah, I'm going to re-roll 
two of those dice because really what I, I i really want to eliminate complications more than i want to succeed okay so are uh, you spending termination to do that Yes, I'm spending a determination. I'm going to re-roll the 20 and the 19. Because if I just use my being of many talents, I can only re-roll one die. Gotcha. So we would still be stuck with at least one complication. And I'd rather have zero complications and fail. Mm-hmm. So know? what I would say is, uh, if you'll permit me, a good value to tap here is actually a mission directive from the Aegir of don't pull a Janeway. Yes. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, I am re-rolling now. This doesn't count as using a determination or value, does it? It does. Okay. So I'm just to make sure I'm doing the macro right. Complication range four, using focus, using determination, two dice. Yes? Oh, no. If you're doing it that way, um, not using determination because it would have added a one to you. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, okay. Okay. Ah. Well, that will get you up to a total of four successes, uh, which is one away. So... I can give you a success with a complication. Yeah, okay, okay. okay. Let's just, uh, they want to end up in a firefight with the friendly aliens. So uh, you get your meshes out, and uh, I've been drinking heavily here, so hopefully I'll be able to do the scratchy voice for a while, but you get a hail back, and uh, you get... Uh, this is uh, starfish wild fruit of the uh, Z Federation. You say you're from the United Federation of Planets, is this correct? Yes. We are reading that you are reading as a Borg signature. Your hull is unfamiliar to us, but we recognize a Borg signature anywhere. We have captured technology from uh, a Borg sphere and integrated it into our hull to make us better at fighting them. It was a Borg sphere we destroyed. You claim to have destroyed a Borg sphere. Yes. There's a very long pause, and then they say, We are sending out an escort. Do not deviate away from the escort. Follow all instructions. Thank you. And then if there was like a click on the line, you you would hear the phone being hung up. Astra, can you prepare a holovid recording of uh, the Borg sphere uh, the last little couple seconds of the fight where we blew them up. So, you know. Mm, do you want it in 720p, 1440p, 2180p? I, I want it in a format that I can play off my tricorder if I go meet these plant people. Ah, 1080p. Okay. Normally I would just transmit, you know, records of us doing it to them, but uh, I don't think our communication system with them is very reliable right now. I Roos, wouldn't even imagine how a file would turn out. Roos literally grabs, uh, until Vectan and Esserl can get this routed to the bridge, he literally grabs two cop badges and tapes them to the, uh, tapes them to the thing. <laughs> Vectan picks it up and just perplexedly looks at it while you leave. That's that's what that's what happens got, when you let red shirts touch the the uh the engineering stuff. I'm not an, I'm not an engineer, but I have had to do far stranger things in the field. Yeah, yeah. Good, good luck, command Commander. Track, unlike engineering, the command track believes in the existence of good enough. So. <laughs> all right. Well, uh as you all wait for your escort, I think we're going to take our 5 to 10 minute break there. We'll be back shortly, everybody. Stick around.
Hello and welcome back to part two of season two, episode one of Star Trek Age here. If you're just joining us, well, the players have gone out to make first contact with Z, the sort of plant-like species that they found in the immediate area around Quasi Station, where a um, breakdown in communication almost nearly resulted in, uh, well, fisticuffs of a kind anyway. But uh, as we resume and with the camera pans back down from space, we see that the Aegir is approaching Z Mars or the fourth planet in the system. And escorting you are four vessels that kind of look like a banana pepper in design. So kind of that yellowish, is it, I guess it is technically a banana shape still to some degree, but basically it's, uh, it's a pepper with uh, warp engines on it more or less. Um, you've received oh. only communications of go here, make a turn here, go at this speed, and you haven't actually gotten a communication reply other than those so far. But and this is still I... all over this four phone, right? C correct, correct. Now, before I throw anything else at you, I did want to see how you all were reacting to this uh, unique way of uh, meeting a species. I'd like to keep um, Joy on the helm and Esrel and Vectan in Spore uh, chamber in case, you know, we have another communications down outage, you know, because that would be, it could be disastrous, right? So uh, I would be guiding Joy to just follow and comply with every instruction we get from, uh, from the Spore phone. And if it's unclear in any way, let me know and I'll help you decide how to follow their directions. But we want to we want to very much mind our P's and Q's here, because I mean it's it's so obvious that these people are, at the very least, incredibly cautious about us and have uh, they've been hurt before. <laughs> so, uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, I would like to make to give, to do a tactical assessment. Okay, could we blow I'm up this giant pepper? The banana pepper ships. Yes, basically, uh, you know, how, what would be the best way for, for me to get us out of this situation? Hopefully with a, with a minimum loss of life, but. Um, I think a, a paring knife and a nice cutting board probably. Yep. Would... Eh. Uh, Roos, if you want to give me a reason security and the ship will assist you with a sensor security, difficulty of one on this. All right, Starship Combat is the focus du jour. Mm -hmm. All right, survey says, uh, then, there's your three. Let's see if uh, the Ager gets you anything. Again, sensor security for the ship. One time. All right, yes. four successes, meaning you get three momentum for your troubles. So... You are able to tell that they uh, don't have anything approaching a tractor beam. They only have grappler cables. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, and this might be why they fought off the Borg, they have anti-proton cannons similar to yours. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> so get out of get get out of close range very quickly. Mm -hmm. Got it. I uh, look at my view screen and say. Excellent tactical assessment, numero uno. Um, if we had to defend ourselves against anti-proton cannons, am I uh, accurate in saying that it would be nothing but ablative armor and hull repair? 
I believe we our shields would hold against them, but the easiest way to, to defend against them was just to get out of range. It's the most pragmatic way to do it. Fair enough. Can we outmaneuver this vessel? I mean, obviously enough of them exist that they can probably pen us in eventually. We could make a spore micro jump and outmaneuver their entire fleet. Hmm. Fair enough. We are also likely more maneuverable than they are. All right. Well, let's just very much hope it doesn't come to that. Given time, sir, I could take, or if you wish, I can attempt to identify their shield modulation such that I could bypass it, but I would... Yeah, let's hold it would off take on some aggressive time. probing just in case they detect it. I don't want to seem hostile. Understood. All sir. right, uh, Lieutenant Estrell, how are we looking in your department? Everything uh, steady as she goes? Um, We're working. Fair enough. You let us know on the bridge if there's anything we can provide to ease your burden down there, okay? Aye, sir. And disconnect with the captain. Astrid, what's the spore count? It's actually gone up about 2%, actually. Do, do they look happier? They look happier to me. I, I, I mean, they don't really have faces, so I couldn't read a facial expression, but you there's can't 2% tell more them apart? They don't have little party hats on? No, but they, they seem a little bit more energized. You think connecting to another network is having an effect uh, i could make that speculation yes but uh are you sh should i call for high lung are you feeling all right well hear me out what if they're not reproducing but the spores from the other spore networks are migrating that would be a very interesting phenomenon. It's all within the network. We spore jump, we go within, the, we use the network. We're communicating via the network. I'll run some tests. Thank you. So I think we've hit everybody but Vectan. So Vectan, what are you doing as this escort is happening? Um. Aside from trying to tweak the handset so it doesn't have to have combat just taped to it, because mm -hmm. this this bothers him greatly, oh, yeah. um, he is likely running some scans on the. Um, well, actually, if we're trying to appear unthreatening, he's not running any scans on the other ships. But um, you can do like an analysis on what we scanned already. Yeah, he's he's gonna do analysis and that. It, Ba basically analyzing like how fast they got here what was the signature when they like dropped out of their ftl what does he think it is and that sort of thing gotcha gotcha well i'm gonna immediately spend two threat to make the complication that you're stuck with the spore phone so sorry. um <laughs> however I'm working you on, could... a, on a handset clicky button and then a speaker <laughs> vectan to, gives you the vulcan to... equivalent of the glower <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to get this commissioned like of all the art i want to see commissioned i want to see the spore phone now um but no but um in terms of, going. 
<laughs> in terms of uh, of rolling, if you want to give me a reason engineering difficulty of one on your part, back to Ab. Reason engineering. Um, would warp field dynamics work here? It would. All right. So yeah, three successes. You get two momentum for your troubles, bringing you up to five. And yeah, uh, if I understood your question correctly, uh, you can confirm that they have a warp five engine, meaning that they can go uh, basically warp 4.99 for a little bit and warp five for a brief sprint. Um, but it's very much the similar to the NX era of the literally the NX-01 warp five engine. Um, which is at odds with their weaponry. Normally, antiprotons need a lot of power generation, and that's when, thanks to this role, um, you're able to tell that they have some form of a, if this is correct, some form of a bioreactor that's providing the power for the cannons. Hmm. But it's not like a bioreactor where they're burning anything. It's some form of... You don't know what to call it because you're not skilled in botany, but some form of chlorosynthesis or some form of plant matter changing it into energy. It's very confusing, is how I'll put it. For Vectan, it's exceptionally confusing. Or a filtion? I don't know. We're going to have to come up with a Technobabble name for it. We need a botany babble macro next. Mm-hmm. It's not photosynthesis, it's something else, synthesis, so. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, you know what, chat? You know, oh, that's Sunbay. Chlorofission. I actually do like chlorofission. You know, we're going to go there with that. Go. Chlorofission. That's, uh, yep. or, oh, chat, bioconversion drive. Ooh. I like Ooh. both of these. Both Ooh. of these are good. Okay, cool. That's what we're going to call bio. it. It's chlorofission bio. and it's the bioconversion drive. Excellent. Um. <laughs> So yeah, uh, once you all uh, do all these things and you are now within orbit of uh, Z Mars and you kind of wait to see what happens, you get a call on the spore phone and it asks uh, where they can dock a shuttle. Uh, we indicate our main shuttle bay. All right. Uh, senior crew report to shuttle bay one uh, prepared for a diplomatic envoy. I, I straightened my uniform. Well, that was okay, my next question. Are you going to go dress uniform? Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, we've got all this time being escorted. I absolutely am. I'm going to play this very much by the first contact book because uh, I have always wanted to do a first contact. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I actually say, yeah, um, uh, bridge to senior crew. Uh, meet me in shuttle bay one in 30 minutes in full dress uniform prep to receive an uh, ambassadorial... Uh, Envoy. And then I go, I show up like 15 minutes early because I'm already in dress uniform and super ready. Yeah. So, you know, 30 minutes passed. You all see that Axelon's probably been here for about 15 minutes. But uh, you all wait in Shuttle Bay 1 as coming in uh, on the other side of the force field is what looks to be a Blackberry of some kind. You know, standard sort of like bulbous you know, it's a blackberry you everybody knows what a blackberry looks like and if you don't go go to a supermarket i'm sorry just go to a supermarket you'll see a blackberry there like a <laughs> but fruit of the loom commercial yeah there you go 
But uh, this Blackberry uh, comes in through the force field and settles down next to your shuttles. And then sort of the bits of bulb, I forget what they're called, but sort of it, the berry basically peels open uh, to reveal one of the Z. Now this Z uh, is actually very small, maybe about the size of um, a teenager. So kind of short, maybe about five foot, maybe. Um, but they are very vibrantly colored. Um, their upper halves behind their head are two purple uh, mouths, I guess you would call them, where they are sort of glowing with a blue, uh, purple and blue light. Um, they have sort of larger hands than they do arms, so as the arm progresses down to the hands, it gets larger. Um, doesn't end in claws, but definitely looks it ends in these digits, which again glow with that purple and blue light. Um, they appear to be flat-chested. Um, you can't tell if they're male, female, or other. You can't make that distinction quite yet. Um, they do have uh, what appear to be tendrils or tentacles or whatever you want to call them. Roots, maybe, uh, which they are able to shuffle in on, but not very fast. Uh, in fact, in the time it takes them to get out of their vessel and approach you proper, maybe takes them about 30 seconds. So it's a very slow process. Uh, but when they speak, it is with that same uh, gravelly, almost like Dr. Professor girlfriend in chain smoker voice, which I can only do so well. Um, but they, they kind of look between the four of you and say... Uh, my name is uh, Nisa Lovely Spark, and on behalf of my people, the Z, I welcome you to our star system. Thank you very much. My name is uh, Captain Axelon, and on behalf of the United Federation of Planets, I welcome you to my vessel, the USS Ager. May I introduce my second in command, Commander Dujin Roos, our pilot, Lieutenant Junior Grade. I always get, is it Dakin Esrell or? Raken Esrell. Raken Esrell. And our chief of engineering, Vectan. Well, it was a uh, pleasure to meet all of you. One thing that uh, I need to confirm right away is that you destroyed a Borg sphere or a Borg vessel, and I was just hoping you had data to that regard. Of course, I pull out a tricorder. I've prepared a recording of the last moments of that rather heated battle. If you would like to view it, I hit play. So they lean in just to look at your tricorder. And actually, as you sort of watch them watch the video, um, you notice that their irises actually are also glowing with that blue and purple light. So some form of bioluminescence in general with this species. Um, but as they watch this... Uh, footage, uh, they kind of cock their head to their side and say, that, uh, that's just quite a bit of work. Uh, I'm, of course, inclined on the half of diplomacy to uh, take your footage at, at face value, but could you give me a copy of this that I could give back to my people for analysis? With pleasure. Astra, could you arrange for that? And a uh, little thumb drive materializes in your hand, which you can hand over. I offer a thumb drive. Thank you. Uh, they shuffle back to their ship, plug in the thumb drive, shuffle back. Well, I must say you all look very uh, different than the Z do. We all are, well, we have a variety of plants that we all mimic, but you don't seem to mimic anything. 
No, we um, of the majority of the species that are in the Federation are descended from animal life, not plant life. But we also hail from many disparate star systems uh, that have all joined in a peaceful unification. For instance, uh, our pilot, our helmsman, uh, Mr. Esrel here is a Bolian, whereas Vectan is a Vulcan, one of the very first species that uh, the Federation uh, integrated or that founded the Federation rather. And I myself am what's called a Talaxian from a part of space that's very far from where their uh, respective homes are. And Nisa looks directly at Roos. And uh, what about your first officer here? My first officer started his life as a Trill, another uh, species that's been in the Federation for a great deal of time. However, he was unfortunately captured by those Borg at one point and uh, converted into, uh, or pressed into service on their vessel. Fortunately, we were able to rescue him. All right, because this is exactly what I wanted to have happen. I need you to roll me a presence command. If you have diffused the tension, that would be a very important focus or talent to have right now. Um, it is going to be difficulty of three, and you need something that is related to, well, diffusing the tension in terms of a focus. How about esprit de corps and negotiation? I could give you one. I couldn't give you negotiation because you're not actually giving and taking here, but I could give you a spirit of core. Okie dokie. Uh, and you have five momentum, difficulty of three. And I'm wondering if Ruse can assist me by seeming very non-threatening and, and non-borgy. You're muted, as is tradition. That is true. I'm going to, let's see, I could assist by... I wish to spend one momentum for an additional donut. Okay. Well, there you go. There's the four you need, so you actually get oh, the momentum well. right back. All right. So Nisa, her eyes sort of narrow, and she says, Well, uh, as long as you're not Borg anymore, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but I wish to clarify a point here, and I mean this with no disrespect. We've never encountered the Borg outside of when they stole some from our people, but you mean to tell me that you are sentient meat? Yes, yes, that is exactly what we are. Fascinating. We are, of course, our uh, flora rather than fauna. Fascinating, really. I'm certain that our medical staff would love to converse with some uh, medical staff of your uh, culture to exchange information. It seems like we probably have very, very different scientific breakthroughs. Indeed. And she actually motions out of the shuttle bay and sort of in the backdrop you see uh, Z-Mars where it's sort of that red color. Pretty much everything that we do down to our ships, everything is biological in nature. In fact, this ship made of metal is quite fascinating to me. I'm certain that when the Borg arrived, that was a difficult thing to uh, grapple with. They well, are... thanks to our defensive technologies, we were able to rebuff them, but they did steal some of our members. Oh, very sorry to hear that. I'm glad to say that we are pretty certain that that Borg sphere was acting independently and did not have nearby assistance. So if the Borg intend to send reinforcements, I think they're going to have a long journey. Very good. Very good. Well, if I'm being honest, this is the first time we've ever had first contact with anyone that is not Z. I do not know the protocol. 
Well, let's uh, play it by ear. The Federation, of course, has made first contact with many species, but uh, we'd love to uh, explore what it is that's unique about your culture. I would like to begin with uh, meeting in a diplomatic suite where we can talk about other species that exist nearby here that we have uh, noticed on our long range scanners. It seems that at least one of them is somewhat warlike, so we'd love to warn you about them in case uh, they pose a threat to your people. That would be acceptable. Um, and they kind of look around and then they look at the doorway to the shuttle bay behind you. How far is this diplomatic suite? I tell them the distance in meters, mm -hmm. and then I, I do a quick calculation in my head of how many uh, times, how many uh, multiples of the trip from their ship thus far that many meters is. Mm -hmm. So you give that number, and they blink a few times and say, one moment, and they return to their vessel, and when they come back, they have what is basically a uh, skateboard, more or less, where... Most of their weight's on the skateboard, or at least on the board with wheels, and then they use two tendrils or two roots to scoot themselves along. No need to be hasty, Master Axelin. <laughs> All right, uh, I, I lead the way to a diplomatic suite, trying to keep pace with what, what they appear to be comfortable with in, in terms of speed. Oh, they're very slow, in fact. Unless you want to go at a crawl, um, they are actually kind of pushing themselves to keep up with you. I go at a crawl. I'm, I'm not going to make it into a marathon just for our, our guests here. Okay. It's, I was going to require a fitness awkward. con on their part, but since you're going slow, I'm not going to roll for them. We, it's uh, probably super awkward for us, though. Mm -hmm. It's like an escort quest in any video game where they're too slow for walking speed, but if they were to run, it would be too fast for your... It's, it's annoying, is what it is. What was that, number one? Nothing, sir. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and calm ahead to uh, Astra to prepare the diplomatic suite with uh, astrogation information, just for that the, the handful of star systems where we know that there are intelligent species around here. Okay. Um, Astra also asks, would you like me to prepare refreshments, sir? Yes. Vectan, could you go over their dietary preferences as we travel? so that we can relay appropriate things to Astra. Sir, did you, were you able to gather any readings while you had your tricorder out earlier? You they know, typically are. To try. If you want to spend <laughs> some momentum to create that advantage, you could have those scans. Oh, I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't have. No, but I mean, you, you might've just opened it. The thing, thing would've just turned on. Mm -hmm. Ask the, ask the tricorder like, oh yeah, were you on when I did all that? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, uh, you said it was two momentum, right? Two momentum to create that advantage. Uh, Axelon cracks open his tricorder and goes, well, I'll be damned. It actually did scan some stuff. I sent it over to uh, Vectan's tricorder. So, Vectan, I don't know mm -hmm. how much of a green thumb you are in real life, but you can make your own call about their dietary needs here. I'm not a green thumb in real life, so... Uh... <laughs> they want to eat nothing but raw meat and drink blood. <laughs> All Venus fly traps. Um... Peter, miracle grow hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it phosphorus that plants need? Phosphorus, nitrogen, nitrogen. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to like have the uh, computer like create a um, sort of like what we would understand as like a soil supplement. Mm -hmm. um, so literally miracle grow. Yes. 
In crystal form. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, there's a, a thought. What if you made that, instead of actually literally giving them soil, what if you made it in liquid form? Yeah, just stir it Yeah, up put all the nutrients into a liquid. Yeah, let's do that to make it a little bit uh, more interesting. So when you arrive at the diplomatic suite, you, of course, have the astrometric data. You have a widespread. Most of it is designed for you all, but there are several pictures of a vibrantly green liquid, which Astra informs you is your supplement, as we'll call it. But uh, Nisa kind of looks at the spread and says, this is quite fascinating. Do your vessels have growing facilities? We have technology that assists us in making food of various types out of uh, raw nutrients, actually. There is, however, a hydroponics bay on board, if you would like to see it at a later point. It's probably quite crude compared to what you're capable of. Of course. Well, uh, I would say that that would be par for the course from what I've seen so far. You appear to have fascinating levels of technology that outpasses ours, but... Based on what I'm seeing here, I think improvements could be made to your hydroponics bay. May I? And they point at the green pitcher. Do you have have medical personnel that could examine this to ensure that we haven't made a mistake? You know, that's probably a fair point. And uh, she reaches into what looks like she's reaching into her skin, but she pulls out um, from a pocket, she pulls out what looks to be um, some form of a ghost pepper, or at least it's kind of red and it's pepper shaped. And she waves it across the picture and there's a light display, which does not translate um, to your universal translator. And she looks at it and goes, well, uh, according to my scans, I should be able to eat and consume this. Wonderful. Excellent. I simply wanted to make sure. That's very prudent of you. I guess we should write that into all first contacts we do from this point on that we need to ask. Good good thinking. If you have a first contact team specialist, I can go over some standard protocols that we use with them. Well, uh, if I'm being honest, uh, I was basically the only ambassador brave enough to come aboard. They, uh, well, my people were very concerned that you were going to take me hostage, which uh, thank you for not doing that, by the way. Oh, well, so it's you, our pleasure. Yeah. So you drew the short straw, huh? No, I volunteered. Ah, lovely. I think courage is a, a often disregarded characteristic in a diplomat, so I'm glad to know that you have that. Well, we're about to see how courageous I am. And they take the picture, and the uh, two mouths behind their head open up, and she kind of tilts her head to the side and pours the entire picture into the mouth. And then the mouth kind of smacks a few times, does the lick lip, and then she tilts her head back and goes, That is... Who made our? How did you make this? We asked our computer uh, computer to uh, calculate a guess as to what uh, would be a uh, nutritional for you. Well, your Educated computers guess. have done an exemplary job. Uh, I don't really have the correct words to describe how tasty that liquid was. Huh, wonderful. Well, let's get down to business. Um, I'll pull up the star chart in holograph form and talk about the uh, different species we've located around them. Okay. Important question. Oh, go ahead. Do you ever bring up the fact of the spore drive, or do you go through the entire conversation waiting to see how they respond, I guess is the question. Yeah, I'd like to have some foreplay before we get into that, get a, get a, a gauge for how these people are and 
also if they seem cagey about spore stuff or bring it up as though it's no big deal because to us it's a big deal but to them it might be the equivalent of electricity like yeah we've had it for a zillion years and we're not impressed by it right so. Um, I do have a complication from chat. So I think what I'm going to say is they obviously ask about the Zava. They're like, hey, can you give us whatever scans you have so we can avoid them? Um, they seem marginally interested in the other two species. Like they're not going to make overt gestures to go say hi. But if they encounter them, great, not an issue. Um, but you will note that anytime you try to be subtle about, hey, you know, how, how do you want to communicate with them? Or, hey, this is how we would communicate with them. Um, Nisa deliberately steers conversation away from anything related to spores, and you would get that no role required for any of you. Yeah, that's my, my street smarts in action there. I kind of wanted to pick that temperature. What I will say is this. Um, now, Nisa, um, it is our intention, if time permits, to make contact with the Gyu and the uh, Kinkei. Uh, would you be would you consider it acceptable for us to share your species presence with them as we've done with you i will need to interface back with my superiors on that but based on what i've seen and tasted so far i believe we shouldn't have an issue wonderful well i just don't want to go spreading rumors about people uh in a, that they don't accept so you, your scientists might have mentioned this to you, but uh, when our ship entered your system, we began broadcasting on the electromagnetic spectrum, the kind of radiation that produces visible, uh, visible light, uh, messages of uh, greetings and peace. And it seems like those weren't detected by your people because we have different ways of communicating. Uh, no, we they were detected. We just couldn't decipher the signals you were sending. I think it would be acceptable for us to give your scientists a deep uh, set of schematics on how our radio communication systems work, because we find that more often than not, when we encounter civilizations, this is the sort of system they use, and it might be very helpful to you when you make first contact with other civilizations. Well, I would be happy to take those schematics back to my people, along with the recipe for whatever this green stuff is, and they take another picture and pour it in. Oh yeah, the recipe, absolutely. Consider it done. In fact, um, Vectan might even be able to construct for you a rudimentary communications device to use as an example for your scientists. There's nothing classified about Federation radios. So... Do we still have Peter? I know Peter went dark there. Yep, my camera just decided to act up. I'm still here. Okay. okay. Blended, okay, cool. Yeah, so I'd like to very much do that. And... Um, would it be possible for us to arrange a second meeting with uh, some scientists and uh, representatives of your culture where we can offer that uh, information and that communications device and ask some deeper questions about uh, the relationship between the Federation and or the United Federation of Planets and the Federation of the Z? Again, I'm amenable to it, but I'm going to have to take it back to my superiors. Of course, absolutely. Um, well, would it be best for us to remain in orbit of this planet while uh, while your superiors and your associates get all their uh, ducks in a row? That would be acceptable. Wonderful. Well, uh, we're very comfortable here, but um, if, if uh, an invitation is extended to explore the surface of your planet next time we meet, we would very much love to see things uh, from your point of view and explore a uh, diplomatic suite of uh, under your control. Why did you say that? The ship goes to red alert. 
And Astra reports, um, sirs, we have a problem. If you'll excuse me for a moment, Mr. Ruse can uh, play host. I've got uh, some sort of ship emergency to attend to. Please don't be alarmed. I exit the room very rapidly and ask Astra to report. I take out a pad and and glance over it. Okay. Both of you see that a Borg probe has entered the extreme range of the system. Now, the probe, if for those of you who have never played Star Trek Armada, it's basically a tiny little rectangle thing, very easily destroyed, but it has showed up at the edge of the system. Does Starfleet believe that when destroying a Borg probe, the Borg come to investigate? Depends on how thoroughly you blow it up. Hmm. I do make a note. I, I do look at them to see if they are somehow receiving communication. If these individuals are receiving communications that, that uh, we may or may not be aware of. You mean the Borg or the Z? The Z. Okay. So it doesn't appear that the Z are communicating with the Borg. In fact, the Z haven't even made notions to show that they have noticed the Borg. So oh, no, no. Just, yeah, I, I didn't mean communicating with the Borg. I meant communicating with, so, oh, I don't know, something that has better sensors. That you indicated that, that, that they kind of glow something similar to spores. I see what you're saying. Um, yes, in fact, the Ambassador's uh, bioluminescence has changed a few times. In fact, now it's kind of a... More of a purple than a blue, so it's definitely shifted towards the, the lower end of the spectrum. Or is it the higher end? I always get those confused. Either way, um, they kind of look at you and look at the pad, and they don't know what the pad says because they don't know your language. But mm -hmm. they say, is, uh, is everything all right? I'm going to re-enter the diplomatic suite when, uh, when that is an option. Okay. It appears that the Borg have entered the have entered the extreme edge of the system. I'm sorry, did you say the Borg? He brings up a he brings up on his pad the a view of the system. Actually he puts it up on the wall screen. View of the system. Well with the relative position of us and the planets and the Borg. Well, I'm going to tell you something straight here. Uh, I personally don't believe you're the reason why the Borg probe is here, but you have to understand some of my people are going to see it that way. We're going to act against the Borg probe. I'm, on, I'm almost certain of it. Engage it. You mean to destroy it? Yes. You also understand how that might be seen by our people. I don't. Well, it took a lot of our ships to destroy or chase away the Borg vessel that first came into our system. And I can tell you, having already transmitted the footage you gave me earlier, there's quite a buzz about whether or not those weapons could be used to destroy us as well. But if you go and destroy this probe in full view of our full sensors... That footage isn't going to be contained. Everyone will know about it. Our capabilities... It would be extremely difficult to keep our capabilities secret. You understand, yes? Yeah, I'm beginning to. First contact is quite complicated. I... View it from my perspective. 
if we were not to engage, your people would likely think that we almost certainly brought the Borg here. Also, if we hid our capabilities from you, particularly in a dangerous situation like this, how would you trust us? Go ahead and give me a presence command difficulty of four. Diplomacy! Mm-hmm. And you have two momentum. And you know what? I'm going to spend that last threat. You have a 19 to 20 complication range. Okay, well, I'll give you two threat for a fourth die. So you're spending one momentum, one momentum, two threat, or two momentum, one threat? One momentum, two threat. Okay. Wouldn't want you to be low. Oh, I have my ways. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's... Oh, no, that's that's Axelon's Presence Command. All right. Yeah, Presence Command. Using focus with four dice. Four successes. All right. And a complication. I yep, will... So they say, uh, give me one moment. And their bioluminescence shifts back more to a blue. So you're basically getting mm -hmm. the vibe that blue is transmitting, purple is receiving. Mm -hmm. um, but as they shift to the blue, then back to purple, then that back to blue, they finally say, my superiors are reluctant to allow you to leave the system to deal with the board probe. However, I have communicated the fact that you've been very open and amenable to many of our stipulations thus far do you how how much would you require how much time would you require to destroy this board probe i will re-enter the room at this point if that's you right. can enter yeah you can um has everybody been briefed on the incoming danger it's here yeah yes uh i have a proposal i was working out with astra in the uh, corridor what if, in order to preserve the illusion that there is nothing worth sending further probes towards uh, to the Borg, we were to try to use the ship to accelerate a piece of space debris like an asteroid and throw it into the path of this uh, uh, Borg probe so fast that it can't ev evade it. So in lieu of a torpedo or a energy weapon, just knocking it with a rock so that the Borg think we lost a probe due to natural reasons. A relativistic catapult, Captain? Yes. Do I think it'd wake? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a stretch, but if you got a piece of matter going so fast, I mean, I know Star Trek deflectors are all about stopping projectiles, but if you get a big enough object going fast enough, I mean, Newton's third law and all that. Or is it second law? I never remember. Are we in the... Uh, based on my understanding, are we in the Borg probe sensor range or not? Not yet. Okay, because that 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 wouldn't moot it out. Yeah, but the excellence fear here is that if we fly over there and zap it with a space laser, it might communicate back to the Borg in its death moment. Uh, we better send a ship over here because these people have technology worth assimilating. Whereas if it just gets mm -hmm. hit by a rock, they'll be like, at best, maybe send another probe someday. But certainly, like that's not a big deal to worry about. It's just a space rock. Space has those sometimes. You can't always detect them. Or, you know, you just paint it with Mars stealth components, you know. Yeah, exactly. Use the <laughs> MCRN technology there. Uh, but, of course, it would be inappropriate for us to act in any sort of uh, aggressive or even defensive stance 
with regard to the Borg without first getting the permission of your culture's leadership, I say to the ambassador. However, we have a very brief window of time before a response is going to be required. So Nisa actually turns red instead of blue or purple and says, I've uh, had a bit of quote-unquote communication issue with my superiors. I'll cover for you. Astra, is there, you and the captain have discussed this, is there a an astrological body that we could use to do this without it looking too suspicious? Asteroids don't accelerate to significant chunks of light speed on their own. There is a comet that is on a leisurely quote-unquote stroll through the system. It's currently near uh, Z1. Um, unfortunately, in order to get there, we would either have to send the Proxima to not be detected by the probe, or uh, we would have to do a spore jump to avoid the Borg detection. Does the Proxima have a tractor beam? It does. Uh, Lieutenant Vectan, and the Proxima redirect this uh, comet, or even a piece of, a chunk of it, in such a way that it will uh, definitely impact that probe. It'll have to be going fast enough the probe can't see it in time to dodge it. Would the Proxima have enough power to shift something of such significant mass larger than itself? It could if you had a really good pilot. If we were to employ the services of Lieutenant Esrall, we may be able to utilize the Proxima to do such a feat. Very well, Ambassador. Esrall, prepare. Uh, Mr. Ruse and Mr. Vectan should join you on board the Proxima. Respectfully, sir, you may want me to be your backup plan here in case we must engage the enemy. I was thinking of staying in command here myself for that reason. Um, Ambassador, I'm formally requesting permission to send a smaller vessel to uh, in towards the star at the center of your star system with the uh, express purpose of firing a uh, comet at the Borg and then returning here. They turn back blue, then return to purple and say... My people are not thrilled by it, but if you are able to pull this off, it'll go a long way into bridging the gap. Well, like most Starfleet captains, I have the luxury of being very confident in the skills of my crew. That's Commander, it. Oh. Commander, Lieutenant, you're with me. Let's get Astra, prepare Proxima for the launch. And as you return to the shuttle bay to get the Proxima ready for launch, that's where we're going to make this a two-parter. So yeah, what'd you guys think? I think we used threat really well this time. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, yeah it, it got it wasn't all in one big chunk. It was consistently affecting us. Yeah, a fleet of Borg cubes didn't just randomly drop in. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's thirteen threat per Borg cube. So you know, I I can only yeah, do yeah. that a few times. <laughs> the 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 Fed has dropped the rate on Borg cube uh, uh, interest rates. Hmm. Now uh, Borg I mean, tactical I, I just, cube I don't want to... or Borg diamond at eighteen. Now that's a spend. I, uh, I don't want the threat to become like some limitless bank that we're just drawing from, but at the same time, I don't want it to be like we we fear ever using it because it's so horrible, the consequences. So mm -hmm. I felt 
I felt really good with the way threat worked this session. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, Twitch the ground because we're going to rate somebody. But YouTube, this is where we say goodbye. Bye, YouTube. Bye, everybody.